I know it's Thursday, not Tuesday, but it starts with a T, and you've got another episode of Homesteads and Homeschools to, to fill your little ear holes. Today's episode number 108, so that means you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 108. My guest today, uh, I, I talked to him for a while, and I've been trying to get him on, talking about getting him on, and finally he, he came on. And uh, while not homesteading per se, uh, it's uh, it's one of those hobbies that I think homesteaders uh, kind of find themselves drawn to for whatever reason, and uh, a little a little off the beaten path of of that hobby. And you guys will discover this momentarily as I uh, say introduce my guest. So let's go plant those liberty seeds with my guest. Creator, brewer at Agora Brewing, Mr. A.B. Alright, so my, my guest today is uh, none other than Mr. A.B. from Agora Brewing. I've seen him on Twitter for a while here and there and uh, ended up uh, taking taking a, a little class that he did, kind of teach me how to make some mead. And I'm, I'm enjoying a little bit of that right now. But uh, thank you for coming on, man. I, I do appreciate it. I know you're a busy, busy man. So Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, I have to say I'm a little jealous. I uh, started a dry month on February 2nd, uh, doing that with um, Bullshio Poll on Twitter. If you've seen him around, uh, he mentioned it and I said, hey, I'll join you. So I haven't had anything to drink in two weeks. <laughs> mm. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'll go through like a couple weeks where, you know, maybe I just, you know, not feeling it, but I, I can't, I can't do a whole month. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a problem, but uh, I don't Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. I'm uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm doing dry alcohol and I'm also doing no tobacco. So I was cigar smoking about once a week there for a few months and uh, thought, you know, let's give it, they say it's three weeks to, to be addicted three weeks to, to break you know, three weeks to start a habit and three weeks to break. So I figure I'll, I'll give it a month that way, whatever my body has to go through to make sure that, you know, <laughs> clean, clean it, yeah, out. clean yeah. it out, clean the, clean the old lungs out. And, uh, so if I, if I cough a little, that's why it's been really dry as well. So, um, yeah, we'll inclement weather and all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How, um, I, I usually go with, with people's background in the beginning, how they got into things, but you're, you're coming on today to talk a little bit about, uh, the brewing thing. So, um, we'll, we'll kind of, I guess, forgo some of that, but how, how did you get into, to brewing? Did you start out as like a, a beer guy and, and failed miserably like I did? Did you, you know, are you like gluten free and, and meat was where it was at? How did you fall into this, this yeah, thing you do? Um, I started back in March of 2019, if I remember correctly. Um, it was really, I, I did a lot of research before I started. I always kind of wanted to do beer because uh, I was exploring every kind of beer that I could think of at the time, just figuring out what I liked, what I didn't like. And, you know, uh, I lived in a pretty hipster town. So at the time, so a uh, little college town that's got a couple handful of uh, local breweries. And so I'm going there trying everything they've got like, wow, this is really cool. What if I made some, you know, so I was looking into it. Brewing beer involves a lot of a, a little bit more equipment and a little bit more sort of do it yourself. Like uh, I've seen people, you know, make all sorts of attachments onto like igloo coolers and things like that, trying to get their brew cooled down. I've, I've seen setups where people will, I, I think ferment in a cooler. <laughs> so yep. Yep. yeah, like those big um, Gatorade style coolers that you see at the football games. So I was, living in pretty small apartments at the time because, you know, college town. And, uh, what I ended up finding stumbling upon was mead. Um, I think the, uh, modern rogue had a YouTube video on that. Um, and there's a couple other YouTube channels, uh, that I'd seen do it. And I was like, Oh, well that looks kind of neat. So that led me down this whole rabbit hole of, you know, books and Reddit forums and old obscure homebrew forums that I'm not sure are even active anymore. <laughs> like just asking <laughs> questions, asking questions. Um, and I decided, you know what, mead is a little bit easier. There's no boiling. There's no, you know, chance of burning anything and, and the cleanup's a lot easier. Uh, so let's try that first. And uh, it went pretty decent the first time. So I said, hey, let's, you know, 
do another one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, shortly after I started brewing, my buddy Jacob, uh, who runs Tasting Anarchy and Childerberg uh, Twitter accounts, um, you know, he started Childerberg and said, hey, we're all going to go go camping in Texas and uh, hang out and, and get some of these Twitter personalities to meet up, a lot of podcasters to meet up. <laughs> and I said, hey, why don't I bring some of this? But unfortunately, I didn't quite have the time uh, to, to get down there. So uh, waited another year and, and got down there for the second one and uh, 2020. So I heard on. And, and I, I will, I said, I, I've tried to brew beer and it's, it's, I just, I fail at it. And I, I don't know why, like, I just, I can't figure it out. But um, yeah, doing, doing the mead was fairly easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, it, it can get as complicated as you want it to, but um, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, for, for a, a uh, fermenting failure like myself, it was, it was quite doable. So pleased to, to see that. Um, so how did you, when you started brewing your, your, your mead, um, what did you start with? Just a pretty basic, like honey and water. Did you add stuff to it? Can you add stuff to it? What? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I, it was a, it was a YouTube video that I basically was just like, you know what? I'm just going to copy that. When I very first started, it was 14% ABV, I think I used a Red Star yeast from, there was one guy that I don't think did more than one video on it. Uh, (laughs) And he was wearing a kilt in the video. I remember that. Um, So I used Red Star yeast, uh, enough honey to get it to 14%, uh, maybe slightly above that because I wanted it to finish with a little sweetness because I didn't buy any chemicals the first time. But based on another YouTube video, I think I did the tea for flavor, just a mug of tea, chopped up raisins, because that was the myth at the time, which I've since learned better of. Uh, I don't know, were you in the, the Discord server when I uh, when I did my little rant about that and showed the paper? I don't think so. I think I, I bumped in late that night. Um, hmm. But I, I am, I'm curious, what, what is this, this myth of raisins? Okay, uh, well, so... What, what's it supposed to, what's it supposed yeah, to there's be? Yeah, there's a little bit of a mythology around that like you can just add fruit or raisins or whatever because like wine is made from grapes right so the idea is well we've been making wine for a long time and uh all they do is mash the grapes up throw some yeast in and let it sit well not really so you start getting into books and forums and stuff and uh you realize a lot of people are using uh some what are called brewing salts and uh, essentially that's a combination of uh dap Diammonium phosphate and uh, some other micronutrients, vitamin B, things like that. And essentially, that's to give the yeast nitrogen. It, it's basically brewing fertilizer, if you want to think of it that way. So you're growing yeast um, to start out with. With wine, uh, I think a lot of the misconception was that they don't have to do that in wine because wine, um, a lot of times they will brew, especially uh, red wines, will be brewed, fermented on the skins and on the even stems, and some leaves will get in there and they'll just leave it in and that'll provide a lot of tannin and and character to it the the myth was that that was enough to provide nitrogen and and that fertilizer to the yeast well you know it might be especially in ancient practices but you'd also find a lot of other things you know um they were also brewing directly in wooden barrels a lot of times uh they didn't have i don't think the stainless steel fermenting equipment or the plastic fermenting equipment that we have now um so there's a lot of natural environment that's been removed um and and that might be good uh in modern times because you're getting like consistency out of it um there's a lot of things that you're not introducing and you know you don't have wild yeast fermenting in the sides of your wooden barrel that might may or may not contribute to the flavor but there is something to be said for that as well because you can get barrels that produce particular flavors and you know each barrel from the other right but the point is that uh so you get all these youtubers that will chop up raisins and add those to their mead and say, well, you know, look, it's adding nitrogen. (laughs) But when it turns out that when you do the math on it, you need about 200 to 300 parts per million uh, yeast assimilable assimilable nitrogen, Y-A-N. And the handful of raisins that these people are adding only adds about 50. So yeah, per gallon, right? So 
Um, <laughs> what I try to teach is like, hey, these are the the common practices. When I when I did my class, I started off like, okay, here's all the first thing I taught was here's all the equipment you need, and the second thing I taught, I actually spent two whole classes, um, so hour hour long sessions. Um, once a week is what we were doing. So um, the second and third weeks were um, all of the like ingredients, especially these brewing salts, these uh, fertilizers and, um, you know, when to use them, how to use them, that sort of thing. How, how, how important are all the, the extra additives that you put in, right? Because it's not just honey and, and water and uh, some yeast. There's, there's other things that, that go into it. Um, how important are they and, and can I do it without those things? Um, you can. So, but, but they, it is pretty important. So probably your, your top two things that you can add are oxygen and nitrogen. So those, those are like two basic, like if you don't have that, it's going to be, you're going to have trouble. So, um, the main thing is when you oxygenate your must, like if you're doing a gallon batch, which is what most homebrewers start with, you're going to usually shake it up and try to get it as, as foamy and frothy as possible. And that, that oxygen, um, will actually help the, the yeast build their colony initially, um, and reproduce and reinforce their cell walls, uh, which is really, really important because what happens later is that, uh, they produce alcohol. Well, if you think about it, you know, <laughs> they kind of made the joke and, and it was bleeped out in the modern rogue video that I watched, but he, he says, you know, eventually the yeast drown in their own bleep, right? So, uh, <laughs> that's eventually what's going to happen is they will drown in their own poop. So the, the healthy yeast and the strong strength of their cell walls and things like that are really, really important because eventually they're going to have to withstand an environment that's very heavy in, you know, yeast excrement. So they, they need to be mm -hmm. able to handle that. The nitrogen helps them convert the alcohol because, or the sugar to alcohol. So, and it helps them do that efficiently because, you know, if you think of sugar, sugar to them is very similar to sugar to us. So if we're not getting our other nutrients and vitamins, minerals, um, we, we aren't very efficient about it and we, you know, get really fat if we just eat nothing but sugar all day. And that's what happens to the yeast as well. So if you brew without them, uh, what can happen is you can have slow fermentations. You can have stuck fermentations where it just stops completely and you, you can't really figure out what's wrong with it. And then the most noticeable difference is that if you have prolonged fermentations, if you have fermentations that are lacking in these micronutrients, you, you get a lot of off flavors. Um, it, it could just taste like bread or it could taste like sulfates, like basically are like a rotten egg smell, all sorts of just nasty things that can happen because the yeast are basically, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm kind of talking about out my rear end here, but, uh, <laughs> I think of it like it, if they don't get it from the brewing salts, they're going to get it from somewhere else, which is you're, you're encouraging cannibalism in there. Right. So, I just look at it like you're you're causing a lot of unhealthiness and a lot of cell death inside this yeast colony, which then you know reduces in off flavors. I mean, and that make that makes some sense um, for sure. Does does it allow for once your yeast colony is is um, established, right, and and you get stuck or it slows down? Um, can you still have another wild yeast come in or something else come in and and kind of take over or you know? Uh, you. Yeah, he, you can. Um, there are times where you can have an infected batch. Um, so that would be wild bacteria that form molds and things along the top of the brew. Like you would see, you know, if you just had some pond water sitting around, you would see that. That usually happens if you have like unsanitary conditions. Um, it actually takes a lot to cause that. So, you know, people are very nitpicky about using the star sand, commercial sanitizers, commercial cleaners, making sure, you know, if anything like touches anything but your hands, like it, like you might have like a clean towel out. And if it rolls off the clean towel onto the table, oh, got to dip it in the sanitizer solution again. You know, we can get really, really nitpicky about that. Um, but really, if you think about it, you're adding commercial yeast most of the time, unless you're doing a wild ferment, in which case, you know, have had it, but I've never tested that. <laughs> um, but with commercial yeast, you are, you know, you're rehydrating what is already a five gram packet of yeast. So that's quite a bit compared to what's just floating around in the air. So I think you can avoid most infections just by having a healthy yeast colony and uh, pitching that or, you know, throwing it in your brew. 
properly rehydrated and with proper nutri- nutrition, and that's going to avoid that. There are you you can have wild yeast and thing and things grow in there alongside your yeast, but uh, there are some you know uh, higher tolerance yeast like a uh, Lalvin K1V or EC1118. Uh, they're known as champagne yeast. They brew higher alcohol amounts, and they're known to be very competitive, which goes along with that higher feeding rate. And so those can can be used like let's say you know, you're worried about sanitation or whatever, you might throw in something like a K1V uh, just to outcompete anything else that might be in the must. But I, I really do think you can get away with it quite a bit. Like, especially when fermentation is complete, like if, if you've got more than 6% alcohol in there, you're pretty good. The only thing you're going to worry about at that point is shelf life. So like the higher the alcohol content, the longer the shelf life generally so you get into like beer, I think a couple months, uh, whereas wine, 14% that you're going to get years out of that. Yeah. That, that's your main thing. Right. And, uh, I've, I've, uh, gotten good at, at brewing kombucha. Uh-huh. And one of the things you, you read about, um, there is, uh, you know, use your white sugars and, and you don't want to use the honey because honey is an antimicrobial and it, it slows things down and retards some oh, growth uh-huh. and actually kills things off. Um, so why why is that a, a non-issue for mead? I mean, like that's that's the main ingredient is is honey next to water. So why why is that uh, not an issue? Well, I mean, let me ask you this: in kombucha, are you inserting your own yeast or are you wild fermenting? I mean, personally, I'm using you know old old scobies, old stuff that I've had growing. So I mean, it's I guess wild wild fermented from the from, from the, the previous. Step. Okay, so you're you're taking care of a yeast colony that you had originally wild fermented. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, that, I guess that just completely. I, I was going to say, if you're going from scratch, like wild fermented, yeah. But I mean, here's the thing: so the honey is being diluted by a lot of water, so that's going to change the chemistry a lot. Like half the reason that honey is so antimicrobial, like honey by itself, is because it's so like thick. And, and so high in sugar that it actually kills things, right? So there's sort of a sweet spot where if it's just water, it won't get scum in it. If it's just honey, it won't get scum in it, but you combine the two and now it's, you know, it's sugary water at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, if I were to leave food out, like let's say I've got some curry sauce laying around and I just leave that open, it's going to get mold on it pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the thing with, with meat. I mean, people do do open ferments with meat all the time, wild ferments. Um, I just don't play with it at all because I, I like what I get with my commercial yeast yeah. and I don't really want to be concerned about, well, how much alcohol is it going to make? I have no idea. You know, um, what's it going to taste like? No idea. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Total, total gamble. Oh, that's curious. I, I haven't thought of it that way. I'll have to see if I can give that a shot. Um, so with, with your, your meads, um, I know like beer can get get very complicated can you can you get very complicated with your your mead brews or are you kind of stuck in in just i don't know honey and water oh god you can there are so many (laughs) variations man i there's a graphic that i like to share all the time that's um types of mead and it's literally it'll start out with like four or five main types you know you've got so you got your traditional and then you've got sack mead where you pump it up crank it to 11 alcohol wise and sweetness wise um melamel where you add fruit uh methaglin is spices etc etc so you it'll start like that but then like as the page goes down it'll like they they've come up with a name for every flavor combination in existence (laughs) so mulberry uh grape, blackberry, uh, cherries, apple, like those are all very popular. Um, cinnamon and orange is a very popular combination. Yeah, you, you can go crazy with it. And I know there's even one guy on Reddit. Uh, I can't remember his name. I haven't seen him on there in a long time, but uh, he was doing all fruit fermentation. So like I said, with a uh, wine where they just mash the grapes up, throw some yeast in, right? A lot of the, so there's no water added with, with wine. It's grape juice. So there's this guy on on the Reddit meat page that he was doing it where like, I'm going to press all of the fruit and I'm not going to add any water. And so it was just honey and fruit in a bucket wow. and he would ferment that and then drain all the liquid out. Wow. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be like, I don't know if I could handle all that flavor. All right. So I'm interrupting the show today. It's got to be important. Trust me. 
it is. I'm up here every week speaking freely, encouraging you all to express all yourself, having mind-changing conversations, planting little rebellion seeds that will grow to giant pumpkins of persuasion. Why? Why? Why am I up here? Because I love to run my mouth. Because I believe in free, uncensored speech. That's why. Because without the innate right to speak my mind and gather at will, the ability to communicate and exchange ideas disappears. And I can't think of a better way to exchange these ideas than over a delicious cup of coffee with the people that matter most. So together with John Odermatt over at Finding Freedom, we've teamed up to create Run Your Mouth Coffee to bring you the tantalizing coffee you need to get the uncensored speech flowing. Check us out at rymcoffee.com and use promo code HOMESTEAD to get 10% off your first order. That's rymcoffee.com, promo code HOMESTEAD. <laughs> right. So, and I, cause I think that's, I think that's one of those things that, you know, when I first kind of started thinking about like meat and different things I can, can ferment and, and try, that was one of the things it's like limiting, right? I feel like it's just honey and water. It's limiting. But then you start exploring. Mm-hmm. I remember that graphic you shared. I, I love that graphic. It's, it's like, you know, my mind starts going, what else, what else can we put on there? What else can you try? Like, you know, um, right. But yeah. It's, it's all, it's all out there. Um, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll tell you one of the weirdest ones that I've come up with just on, in my head. I've never seen this done, but I, because, well, my, so the, the craziest thing I've done to date was, uh, the jalapeno, mead Mm -hmm. so i actually put whole jalapenos in there i all i do is quarter them so that like they're the insides are exposed and i throw them in there and um ferment that with the honey and it draws all the capsaicin out and gets spicy but also because i'm using the whole jalapenos it kind of tastes like jalapeno um and then when that's done i add hops to it so it's basically a jalapeno ipa but but it's honey based it's really good. That's cool. Yeah. I, I was just, just going to ask if you've ever hopped a... Uh, oh, a yeah. It, yep, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the one I do that with. It's a great combination. Um, but so that's the craziest thing so far. And then I got the idea one day. I said, you know what? I've been eating a lot of curry lately and I really like Indian food. What if I did some dried chilies, which I just bought some dried chilies um, to do this with and I have a whole bunch of spices now. If I did dried chilies... I'm thinking some cardamom pods mm. and um, maybe a, a selection of some things that get used for garam masala. So like some nutmeg, cinnamon, and... Um, that, could be, that, could, that could be good. Yeah, something something that's got like that Eastern combination because I've done things with nutmeg and cinnamon before. I've done things with capsaicin before, but I was thinking, well, what if I combine some of that? And add whatever that last thing is that's going to really make it taste like Indian food. And then it's it's mead <laughs> that, that, yeah oh man that that sounds sounds delicious actually i uh yeah it'd be super card, savory cardamom is one of my one of my favorite uh spices to add to stuff now. oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's uh that's my favorite thing to do is a cinnamon stick and a few cardamom pops when i cook rice yeah yep good deal man fantastic so uh yeah that's uh that's super how how long does it take um from start to finish for for something um i know like your your jalapeno meat for the jalapeno oh god let me see um well i'll tell you i got a bottle of the i've got two bottles left of the last hopped jalapeno that i did that one it takes so i ferment for three weeks with the jalapenos and the honey then it's um two to three weeks with hops so we're at six weeks now and then probably aged it for another month or two after that and then it's been sitting in a bottle ever since. So we're looking at a year and a half. Ah, patience. Yeah, that patience that one's full fourteen percent alcohol. So, um, which is something I hadn't quite mentioned yet. But when you get those off flavors, that's the when aging comes in. So it really when when we're talking higher alcohol, more off flavors. So then you're you're aging even longer to try to let it mellow out and sit, kind of like. Uh, letting your your whiskey or your wine air out when you drink it mm-hmm. um we're doing that for a year before we even put it in a bottle most of the time yeah yeah i when i was a, a i want to say a kid i wasn't a kid i guess but um my brother and i had made just came up with our own own recipe and made some beer and we used like a bunch of maple syrup and um instead of water we used like maple sap because we attached uh tapped a bunch of trees out in our our yard and um man you couldn't drink it you couldn't drink it (laughs) and so we we just bottled it put it in the basement we forgot about it we digging through the basement found it like a year and a half two three years later and it was it was amazing it was like the best thing i'd ever tasted oh yeah um you know but it was i think it was just it had to sit it had to age and it's it's weird you don't think about that sometimes when you're doing the 
the little things at home, right? You think aging is for these, you know, big, costly scotches and, and all this stuff. Um, but it's not. It's it's it, it's for everything a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the best part, like I always say this, the, one of the first things that I'll say to people is the best part about my hobby is that it, it's like gardening, except I do it for a little bit for a few hours on a Saturday or whatever. And then I throw it in a closet and I forget about it for a <laughs> month. You know, and, and there are times where I've I've actually forgotten to write down what day I put that in there. And then I'll just come back and I'll kind of have to think back and count the weeks. And I'm like, yeah, it's about the right time to go messing with it again. You know, <laughs> like it's just, I just pull it out one day, look at it, go, oh yeah, I got to do, do something with that. <laughs> right yeah, yep, yep. I, uh, I hear you. I know. Um, so you... I, I, I knew about you, I'd seen it, and then I stumbled across your, your class on uh, the Twitter there. And that was, that was pretty cool. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What, I don't know, I mean, it was pretty, it seemed like a pretty uh, intro class, but I know you, you're kind of thinking about doing, doing more, doing something else. Um, yeah. What you, what you got going on there? Well, it's kind of a kind of a combination of things these days, but the, uh, the origin of the class was basically... Um, at one point uh, last year, I had three or four different people asking me questions. Hey, can I do this? Can I do that? And every time it was like, well, it depends. So then I would end up <laughs> typing this like 4,000 word reply, um, which really isn't that long if you think about it. But I, I would I would type a, a quite a long reply. And then I would realize that every once in a while, there was a pretty good overlap in the things that I was telling people. And so I was like, okay, hold on. Let's all just get into a little voice chat <laughs> together, and I will tell you once. <laughs> um, and, and so that was kind of the start of it. And what I'm really, I, I think what I'm trying to do now, it, so, I, so I did the class. I did the class, and um, it was 12 weeks where I said, okay, I'm going to design a recipe that doesn't allow for a lot of the like issues that I've already talked about, like the off flavors and the aging and things like that. And then I'm going to just have people, you know, show up for an hour, watch me do some stuff and brew along. And the, ma the main benefits of that is that I can tell you everything that I've found and, and read um, online without you having to dig for it like I did. Because uh, I spent, I mean, the, <laughs> the first six months of me doing this was just digging so, so there was that there's, there's the consolidating the information for you. And then there's the fact that when you go along for the first time, I'm there on video talking to you. And it's not like a YouTube video where you're trying to comment on a two year old video and hoping somebody replies to you. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like, well, I'm going to just have this little voice chat. I'm going to have a couple channels in a discord server. One of them's for talking the others for uh, any notes that I find. I've got some screenshots and things like that in there. A um, couple links, and um, and we'll just see if we can build ourselves a little community of people that are, you know, brewing along. Um, so that that was kind of how this all started. So the recipe I did was a hydromel, which is also called a session mead or a weak mead, um, and that would be lower alcohol. Um, we're talking five six percent. <laughs> we all overshot it uh, by quite a margin. <laughs> um, it turns out honey has a lot more sugar per pound than you think it does. The idea was, okay, we're going to brew low alcohol. Um, we're we're going to go ahead and use the brewing salts, but uh, there's a few ways of handling that. And because we're doing low alcohol, um, there's we, we could do it the most simple way, uh, essentially. So got everything mixed up, thrown in a jar, and uh, walked everybody through all the processes of, of you know, filtration and, and uh, bottling and got that done and... Had everybody, everybody seemed to really like what they made, so I was really proud of that. And this year, I, I want to get a couple more going, but to make it worth doing, I'm going to have to move up from the one-gallon batch size to the five-gallon batch size because I really need to get, um, because I'm doing the Childerberg thing, I, I really need to get a decent amount going so that, <laughs> um, you know, I, I have some yeah. to, to send home with friends when I go there. Yeah, got to build that supply. So speaking of Childerberg, uh, we're, we're just now, because it's February, getting into the some of the bigger brewing projects that I'm going to do, um, because like I said, I'm, I'm aging things for at least a year. So Childerberg happens in May, which means that getting into uh, Childerberg 4, which is going to be 2022, I need to have everything in a bottle ready to age for that year by May of this year. 
So right now I've already started last week a five gallon batch of wildflower mead. And that, oh my God, I spent, I, I spent an hour and 20 minutes just about <laughs> on live stream on YouTube, just trying to get honey out of this bucket because I bought a 40 pound bucket of this stuff. Oh goodness gracious. It was, it was insane. But, uh, I, I tell you what, I spent half of that time just gushing about how good that honey was. It was really hard not to just dip my hand in there, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh style, and get my head stuck. <laughs> uh, but it's the first time I'd ever had wildflower honey, and that is that is some incredible stuff. It's like um, it's like honey, but like have you ever had like really dark honey from the store? Yeah, man. That... Okay, so like that, but verging on fruit preserves. Like it, it was plum, it was wow. jam, it was. Th- thick. I mean, it's the thickest honey I've ever had, but anyway, so that's, that's what's coming. Um, and I'm doing that on, I did that on live stream. So this is my first like debut of telling people that, Hey, this is what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because I think I just had a couple, a couple discord friends. Uh, some people from the class came on and watched for a little bit, uh, last week, but, um, next week I'll be doing it again. And this whole live streaming thing, because because of the the Childerberg and and me promising everybody like yeah I'm gonna bring all this stuff this is the flavors I'm doing <laughs> you know and getting getting really really hyped about it um, I wanted to have a way to be transparent and to and to show everybody like hey here's yeah. what I'm doing to it right like you're gonna be drinking this so you you know as my like promise to you here's a video of me like the thing the the genesis of the thing that is now in your hand so that like it, it just kind of gives that it, it, i don't call it customer service but you know I, I know the product that i will be drinking you know right right yeah I, I guess transparency really is the only word i can think of I, I was about to say legitimacy but it's not i mean it's just it's a homebrew thing but it's also like trying to be as um honest and and forthright about it as i can be it's awesome plus it's you know if if i say hey I got 24 bottles out of this. Like if I don't show up with 24 bottles, then you're going to be like, Hey, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how many did you drink on the way down? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Um, that's very cool. So do you, uh, we, I think I, I had Jacob on long, long ago. Um, but what, uh, what, what, what is Childerberg for, for people that are new or don't remember, or just a real quick, what, what is this event? Yeah, so uh, Childerberg is a libertarian camping trip, basically, out in uh, Austin, Texas, or near Austin, Texas. Um, we all show up, go camping at the river. Um, Jacob rents a van. They call it the wine van. Uh, and <laughs> we all, like, we'll, we'll take a day trip out to some nearby wineries. And last year, it was a, there was also a distillery um, that we toured. And I mean, most of the days are spent, you know, cooling off in the river, playing, you know, we played bocce ball last time, throwing the Frisbee around, wiffle ball, everything that you can think of, um, just having a really good time. And then uh, one of the things that gets said a lot is that every conversation is a podcast. So we'll be sitting around the fire late at night, you know, having a few drinks and and just talking. And it's, I mean, it, it, it's like all the best parts of Twitter and your favorite, you know, libertarian podcast from the the group that, you know, we're all a part of and, uh, but none of the bad stuff. So it's, it's just a good time and everybody can relax and there's no, you know, like, uh, ACE on Twitter has been taking down neocons for the past three days straight with, without (laughs) sleeping hardly. Uh, none of that, just, just enjoying a nice drink around the fire and talking to your friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you sold me on the bocce ball. I think that was all I needed to hear. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'd never <laughs> played it before, but uh, it was it was a really good time. I, uh, I I lived in in Troy, New York, which is a story little place. But they uh, it was old Italian neighborhoods, and they had a bocce ball court, like a built you know community bocce ball court. And I, I can't tell you how many hours of my life I spent there in the, oh, middle wow. of the afternoon just playing bocce ball with friends. But yeah, so that's uh that sounds cool. Um, it's going to be in, in Texas again. Um, mm-hmm. No, no LNC this year to, uh, no. And we didn't even, because you. last year, I mean, the whole idea was that the wine van was going to get turned into basically a, a shuttle between the camping and basically almost make it like pork fest and fork fest 
where they've got, you know, the camping trip and the actual event and people are just going back and forth. We were going to do that. And then the LNC had to go uh, Zoom, basically. So um, we we did survive. Um, I have a hat. Uh, one of the one of the attendees has a little bit of a side business where he sells, you know, like some homemade goods online. And, and part of that is that his mother does sewing. And so they made patches for hats that said uh, Childerberg COVID Survivors Edition, and we all got those in the mail a few weeks later. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's I, a I great hat. About that. Yeah, yeah, it was right when everything hit. It was it was nuts, but been, uh, we been, all you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I should mention on top of that. So this is like the last big thing about it that I can think of um, is that the event it kind of centers around. Um, the freeross.org charity. Um, so we, we all kind of really feel for Ross Ulbricht and, you know, if you're a libertarian or an agorist, you know why, uh, but it, what what happens is Jacob will sell t-shirts. So if you go to Childerberg.com right now, you can buy a t-shirt for the event. Uh, so it says Childerberg 3 and it's got some artwork on it that has to do with uh, the uh, Friends Against Government or what is now Timeline Earth podcast and like some, <laughs> some cryptid stuff, uh, if you like that. And uh, you buy the t-shirt and that any profit that comes from that will go to um, paying for the campsite. So Jacob will pay for all the campsites up front and just let people show up. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and then anything that doesn't pay for the campsite goes to free Ross. So that's also kind of why I'm bringing booze is that I kind of thought, well, Hey, if I'm bringing something to share with everyone, I think I can spur people to, you know, to donate a little bit more and to be, you know, it, it creates this sort of like back and forth thing going on. So. For sure. And I think that's, that's one of the things that like I've really come to appreciate about like this sort of community, right? Like that sort mm-hmm. of ideas that, that center around this, this, whatever it is, right? This voluntary, like, you know, I'm going to buy this shirt and he's going to take the money and, and buy a campsite. And, you know, and it's all, it just, I don't know, that, that friendliness, yeah. that like sort of trusting that's there and like, I, I don't know. I've I've not seen it elsewhere, and there's there's something about that, um, right? I yeah. Know. And it, you had mentioned a little bit earlier, I think, um, kind of offline about I don't know finding finding more uh, like minded individuals or finding more sort of community because I know you're kind of I don't know not not around a bunch of people that uh, kind of think the same way, and I feel mm-hmm. like like I'm kind of in the same situation, right? Where um, you know I'm on good terms with all my neighbors and everything like that, but like really finding people that are, you know, just kind of in the same mindset, right. Of, of building community and, and that little bit of, of trust and, and, you know, peaceful interactions. Um, have you, have you been able to, to build anything around you? Like, have you been able to, to connect with anybody? Have you used any, like the, the freedom cells or anything like that? Have you? Yeah. I I've messed with freedom cells a little bit. Um, one of the major problems that I have with it is that, um, that people tend to make accounts on there and then just kind of not check them like me. <laughs> what, right. <Yeah. laughs> or me. Uh, I actually ended up, uh, deleting my account just because of, uh, some security issues that I was having, but there, there was like the closest one to me that had enough people that they were actually, you know, hitting a mass where they all wanted to do meetups and things like that, uh, was like three and a half hours away. So I said, you know, I, I might show up, I might try to say, Hey, I've got, you know, stuff to trade or whatever, but I, you know, I can't show up every week, uh, especially not with my truck and its gas mileage. So, (laughs) um, it, 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 it's interesting. I like it, but I was also, you know, trying to get them like, Hey, if you're going to be doing this, make sure that you get each other's actual phone numbers that you are, you know, visiting each other's places, things like that. Because what I want is for people to have real connections and not have like the one place that they all meet. And then eventually, you know, that server gets banned or whatever. Yeah. And we've been seeing a lot of that. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) I know. Yeah. My, my favorite little meme is the toy story where buzz is holding, uh, Woody by the shoulders and he's going, you know, feds, feds everywhere. <laughs> so, um, yep. yeah, but I, I do like it. I think this whole idea of community is like my big passion for the past. Well, since Childerberg really, because the, the beginning of this conversation happened around the campfire at Childerberg, uh, at Childerberg too. And 
it, it basically, you know, when, when you get enough people together that are doers and are sort of sharing each other's values, you don't want to leave. And I, I gotta tell you, like I was day drinking three days straight, the entire event. (laughs) And I went home feeling more refreshed than I'd ever felt. And I think it, it really had something to do with the people and the, and the sunshine probably too, but for sure. There's, there's something to be said about being around people that, you know, I don't know, in the same mindset, the same ideas and the same, like, you know, just very, very accepting, right? Because like, yeah. That's almost what it's it's just kind of based on, right? Like you're as long as you're not going to like jack with anybody's stuff, like it's pretty much like eh, okay, you know, right? Whatever, and right? It, yeah, it is. It's like it's relaxing, it's peaceful, it's calming, and it's it's um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely an atmosphere around it that I appreciate. But so we we've been doing this discussion about that, and we said, you know, what if we what if we just build a town? And so now we've got, if you want to check out the Californian in Exile podcast that Jacob runs separately from his main gig, Tasting Anarchy, um, we've been doing a monthly discussion uh, called Intentional Communities Discussion. And um, essentially, it's just us working through, like, what are the details of this town if we were going to build it? And, like, one of our main things that we've come up with you know, even all the way back at that campfire almost a year ago was uh, that we, it has to be, it it can't be like Waco where you've got sort of a separatist thing like, hey, there's these weird people over there. (laughs) Rather, it should be something like, you know, my friend lives in this town and he lives on this street. Well, what if I buy the property next to his because we're friends already and I want to be somewhere around people that I can trust and that I can, you know, get to know and, and hang out with and, and really sort of, yeah. you know, uh, like you said, share those resources with. Right. And um, so so to me, it's more like, well, what what if I move in next to him? Well, what if what if a um, we all sort of agree to be part of this club where the club owns the land that we live on? And that way it's all private property, but we have like our own, our own sort of system where like our own rules that we live by within that thing. And, um, you know, everybody will have their own property within it. It's not like they don't own it, but there kind of his idea was like, we have these lifetime leases where the, the, the club or the corporation or whatever has a like dibs on getting it back. That way the land stays together. And then what will happen is, we we only let in the people we want to let in. And so we've we've gone, I mean, each of those discussions is three hours long because uh, we're trying to give time for other people to stop by if they want to. And I think we're, we're going to start seeing more of that here in the next coming iterations of, of this discussion that we do. But I've tried to be like the stalwart, like I'm showing up every time because I'm really gung-ho about this. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the idea is like, hey, we're all friends. Let's Let's actually build this thing that we want to build instead of trying to start from scratch with, you know, every random neighbor that, that you're going to have. Um, and if they want to come see what we're doing, we'll show them. But I I think a lot of this comes down to like, we need to have people we know and trust already to do this with rather than just moving into a neighborhood and and trying to figure it out. Cause I, I, I think part of our problem as a Liberty community, as Liberty Twitter or whatever you want to call it, um, is that we're also spread out around the country. Yeah. And so it's really hard to, you know, get a, up away from our keyboards <laughs> and, and do anything really. I mean, some of us are, are trying to start the homestead thing and gardening and that's great. Definitely support that. But I, I think it's, it's really, really useful if some of us, you know, and it doesn't have to be just the one town, it can be towns all over the place. And we're trying to trying to say like, Hey, here's how we did it. So maybe you can take some of that and and figure out what you want to do. And then we should all get together and say, Hey, we're on the same page about this community thing. So let's all do business with each other rather than with, you know, big ag, big tech, Mm -hmm. big, all of these cities and, and conglomerates that are not working for the communities that they say they're working for. Like we are the community we represent ourselves and we can interact with each other as what we are. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Yes, for sure. hundred percent. It's, um, God, I, I don't even know. It is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I would, I would love to, 
to get on board with something like that. It's a, uh, it, it is, it's tough. It's tough when you're, you're, you can find neighbors and, and you can get on board and, but there's still like, I don't know, sometimes it just, it's, it makes it more difficult. And when you have people that you know, that you trust, um, you know, it, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, you know, that said, like, you know, having a good relationship with your neighbors is not a, not a bad thing either, you know? Um, oh no, it, it is, is. Absolutely. I think having, but having like, like your vision there, you know, and you, you juxtapose that with something like, um, free state project or, or, um, or is it, uh, anarchical there? Um, what's going mm-hmm. on? Some, something down there. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, you know, like there's all these, um, Acapulco, Mexico, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, there's all these different things and like, there's no one size fits all, right? There's no mm-hmm. like one thing that is, is inherently better than another that will work better than another. It's, it's what works for, for those individual individuals in, involved. And I, I love like seeing that and hearing that. And um, yeah, hope it, hope it inspires some people and, and yeah. you guys get that. I'm, I'm in that boat where, you know, I have you know, kids, family and uh, stuff going on. So it's moving. I'm just like, I'm torn. I'm torn. We moved multiple times and it's kind of like we're, we're here now and it's all right. It's not bad, but, um, you know, anyway, so I, I've, I've kept you for, for way too long. I think I said about half an hour and we're getting, getting close there. Um, your classes or your class, um, where, where can we go to find out more, more information about that? Well, okay. So I've got a blog, uh, it's agorabrewing.home.blog. I probably need to put a separate page on there just for the discord server. Uh, so you can join it because I do have an article with a link to it, uh, but I, I should probably fix that. But if you want to go there, you can find that article and there, there's a link to it. It's completely open. What I kind of want to do with the class is, you know, if people are interested in doing it, if they've got the equipment already uh, and they want to, you know, throw me a tip or something, I'm still trying to figure out how much to charge. But the idea is if you want live support from me mm-hmm. and and the actual like content of the class that I did previously, um, you know, throw, throw me a bone and, and I'll have uh, private sessions for people who did to uh, be able to jump on with me and, and do that. Um, and then of course on, on that same page, I will have uh, upcoming dates as well. Um, speaking of upcoming dates next week, uh, Monday at 7 PM, I'm going to be doing another, live brewing session, uh, getting the second five gallon batch started. This one's again with the wildflower honey, but once it's finished, I'm going to be turning that into the Vikings blood cherry mead, uh, that, that I will be trying to barrel age. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big (laughs) deal. So I think it's going to start out just like the other one did being a, a regular mead style, like just the same way I do it. And then we'll add everything else once it's finished fermenting. But uh, yeah, I, I'm doing that live next week. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk to people, get some more viewers on that from Schilderberg attendees and whoever else wants to join. Um, what do you, do you know what time? Like I said, it's uh, Monday at 7 p.m. That'll be what, what day is that? Let me talk. What is that? Is that? Are you central mountain? 22nd. I am central. Yeah. 7 p.m. Central. Yes. The 22nd. All right. I, I will throw that link in the show notes for sure. And I, I, I think I can, it's eight o'clock. It's about, I, I, I might be able to swing that. It's like bedtime around here, putting, putting little ones to bed, but. Uh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like to do that because a lot of people don't really want to jump online until after dinner. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that works. The only problem is with my schedule, it has to be on a Monday. So that kind of sucks, but <laughs> Mead Mondays, it works. See, <laughs> <laughs> good deal, man. All right, well, I, I encourage people to check that out. Um, check out Childerberg. I'll throw that link in there, and uh, that that pod that Jacob's got going on, I'll, I'll throw that in there. And uh, I, I was unaware of that, so uh, yep. encourage people to go check it out with me. <laughs> Glad I brought it up. <laughs> All right, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, anything else? Are we missing anything? Um, just if you, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Agora underscore brewing and check out my blog, if you feel like good deal, I will throw all that in the show notes. People can go check that out, but, uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you for your, your time. I'm sorry for uh, taking some more. <laughs> oh no, that's perfectly fine. Take care, man.
And I hope you guys enjoyed that a little bit longer, but um, good stuff. And uh, I, I enjoyed that conversation, and I think you guys probably did as well. Um, meat is really, it was fun to make. It was, uh, you know, a little bit easier to make than, than the beer in terms of, you know, the multi-steps that I need to go through. I get most of my ingredients at the, the grocery store and a few of them on, on Amazon because I don't have any of those brewing-type stores around me at all. And if you need to do that, go to homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon, click through the affiliate link, and, and get your little goodies uh, through there. But um, yeah, so you guys, have, have the last two weeks have been been late. I've been late uh, after uh, two years of, of every Tuesday at 3.30 a.m. Um, having a show in your little your little pod-catching device. Uh, I, I've neglected you all, and I apologize. But uh, life is just kind of getting getting busy, catching up, um, lots of lots of stuff to do. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hopefully we'll have a show um, next Tuesday. It will likely just be myself rambling, rambling on. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward. I think this may become uh every other week thing, but I feel like if I do that, it will slip into oblivion and just kind of disappear. And, and maybe it's time for that. I don't know. But uh finding guests and, and recording things is just kind of taking time that I need to have to uh to make money, to make actual dollars or bitcoins that I can then spend to buy food and tools and seeds and everything else. And if you want to support, you can. You can go to patreon.com slash liberty hippie and encourage me monetarily to, to stick with it. And if I give it up, I'll, I'll send you my back. No worries. Or uh, you can go to run your mouth coffee, rymcoffee.com and uh, pick yourself up some coffee. Cause as you know, that is uh, my baby, my shared baby. And, uh, you know, all the proceeds get, get, uh, split up. And right now we're, we're working on some advertising, getting on some, some bigger podcasts. And I know. This isn't isn't a bunch, but uh, you know, try try it. So you can do that. And like I said earlier, you know, I I need need money for seeds, right? No, um, but now it's time to to get the seeds in the ground. It's time to get your your gardens going and and all your vegetables popping because pretty soon it's going to be too late. And um, you know, you're just not gonna you're gonna have plants, but but no fruit. And uh, you know, if you need seeds, where better to go than agaristacres.com? Nice, nice little website, fancy little website that, uh, I tell you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how he did it, but, uh, very nice website. Very nice website. Anyway, guys, Dag, who you have heard on multiple shows here is, uh, putting together a little, little seed company. And, um, if you need seeds, go check him out. Go get your seeds from him. Help somebody, uh, that you, that you know and love and, um, give him a, a, a little bit of your, your money and he'll give you some, some banging seeds and you'll be happy. And I believe he he takes crypto as well. So get on that. Pay the man in some some Bitcoins, Bitcoin Cash, whatever you got floating in your electronic wallet. But guys, I think that's it for me today. Uh, it's been longer. If you have any any interest in, in being a guest, if you know anybody that wants to be a guest, um, please let me know. Sign them up. Send them my way. In the meantime, get out there. Solo Seas Liberty. We can all reap cheese freedom together. Oh,